I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. Just click on the link in the description below or go to my website, AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. Hi there, I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking about what's it like to live with bipolar disorder. Whether you have it or whether you're the person who lives with the person that had it, where shall we start? Well, I had a quick email that I wanted to get to. Okay. Um, that somebody that is fairly new to the channel, they said, Hi Craig, I just found your channel a few weeks ago and blown away by the amazing content. Oh, we like this person. Yes, we do. <laughs> My ex has bipolar disorder. I saw the video you did with Coach Margaret and I was hoping you could talk about what it's like to live with bipolar disorder. So thank you for the suggestion. Yes. That's a good topic and so we like that one. Okay. So maybe we could talk about that. Um, I think a lot of people would probably wonder what is it like to have bipolar disorder? Okay. I have treated many, many people who have bipolar disorder, mm -hmm. and it's no fun at all to have it. Yeah. Okay? Um, there's one pole of the two poles in bipolar that is a horrible depression. Yes. And that is horrible to live with. Um, it feels like there's no hope, um, and it's just dreadful. Yes, it is. Okay. And, I, you know, my stepfather was bipolar, right. and so I lived with this, okay? Yes, you know what I've seen like. this many, many years of a horrible depression where somebody's just lying on the floor, watching TV, drinking themselves to, uh, you know, the point of unconsciousness. They're desperate to feel differently inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, and one how, how, how aspect of it is the whole miserable, I'm, I'm so just, I have no energy, I don't do anything, I can't go to work, I'm losing my job, I'm, yeah. you know. So it would get worse and worse as time went on. Completely overwhelmed. And you'd lose more and more. Right. But the other end of it is? The manic stage. Now the manic stage I've had explained to me by several clients that if you're truly manic, if you're, if you're at the full end of the bipolar disorder and you're truly manic, there is no more magnificent feeling on earth than mania. Mm -hmm. And people try to describe it to me and it's hard for them to describe it, but you just get the, the idea that no one but a manic really knows how wonderful it is. I imagine it would be like if you're there are no problems. on morphine or something. Yes, at least. There are no problems, you're omnipotent, if you do anything outrageous, um, you won't get caught. Half the prison system fell into that one. Um, and sometimes what I tell people is the thing with mania is it lies to you. Um, and one of, oh, the, yes. one of the secrets of living with bipolar is to know when you're starting to head toward the manic stage. That's right. But a lot of people, when they're there, they don't want to get on their medication. No, because it brings them back down to normal. And mania obviously feels a whole lot better than normal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. And oftentimes, if you go to a psychiatrist or a therapist or anybody at that point in time, they misdiagnose you if you're in the diagnose 
if you're in the depressive stage, sometimes people get di frequently people get diagnosed with just plain depression, mm -hmm. and then they're they're given medication for the depression, but because that ups their mood, it can often throw them into mania. So you have to be very careful around diagnosis. If you have someone you think might be bipolar, be very suspicious if somebody wants to medicate them for just depression. Yeah. The difference is there are antidepressants which can make you manic in a couple of days or there is mood stabilizer medication which will make you truly better. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in a couple of days. Yeah. yeah. Now, the thing about bipolar disorder that's interesting is that, and we've talked about this numerous times, is that your theory, I believe it's My your theory. theory, is that it develops in babies who are left in the crib. I'm not going to claim it as mine. It was one of the early theories on bipolar disorder. And I have found over 35 years of being a therapist that when I don't know what to do, if I go back to some of the old stuff, it helps. One of the early theories was that if you're bipolar, that you learn to be bipolar when you were left in the crib too long because you would be so depressed and so scared about being fed and changed and that it wasn't going to happen that you had to develop some wildly wonderful feelings to live with it. Now, I can't prove that that's what happens, but it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so it's a way to think about it, that it doesn't come out of the nowhere into the here. Mm -hmm. And many of the symptoms we have are originally adaptive, okay? Um, but it's very clear that there's no worse depression in the world. Mm -hmm. the, if you like old explanations, here's another one. They used to say that if you want to tell if somebody's manic, ask yourself if this person would enjoy directing traffic in a Santa Claus suit on the 4th of July. And that <laughs> will like give my, you... <laughs> sounds like my stepfather. <laughs> oh, dear me. Oh, dear. <laughs> he had a Santa Claus, Santa Claus suit, actually. Of course he did, yes. <laughs> Did he direct traffic at all? He probably did. But it's just to show, it's an example to show the extreme craziness of being manic. Um, I worked with a man one time who had flown a plane under the Mystic River Bridge in Boston <laughs> and thought that was a perfectly reasonable thing to do and didn't know why he was in jail or why anybody thought he had a condition. Um, people do absolutely crazy things. I know a perfectly reasonable housewife who bought a boa constrictor pet for her children who didn't want it. Um, people do outrageous things um, that get them in trouble. But the most common complaint we hear is that so-and-so has angry outbursts. That's what usually gets you into treatment. I don't know what's wrong with my boyfriend or my girlfriend. All of a sudden, for no reason at all, they have an angry outburst that just doesn't relate to anything that went before it. It looks like it comes out of the blue. And People with bipolar disorder, no matter what phase they're in, um, tend to be irritable. And if an ant walks across the floor in the wrong direction on any given day, it can become the end of the world. It's explosive. Yes, it's explosive. I've and seen you've that. seen it. You've lived oh, it. yeah. I've seen it. I mean, tiny little things would lead to a huge explosion. And so talk about walking on eggshells. Talk about eggshells, right. I hate eggshells, as everyone already knows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah you ha but it doesn't make any difference because um, whether you walk on eggshells or not, still the first thing that comes along is going to upset them. Yeah, um, and it's, it's just when 
Is it going to happen? Right. What is going to be that yep. little thing that creates or causes it to happen? Right. And then the aftermath. And I do truly believe that bipolar folks don't always remember the magnitude of what they did. And I'm not even suggesting that they're in denial. They really don't altogether remember. But now we have cell phones um, and you can film anything you really need to. And if someone does that, I won't say to a bipolar person, but for a bipolar person, usually they're quite shocked when they see that they really were scary and they really did raise their voice and they really did threaten and they really did do all of those things. Mm -hmm. And it's not to beat their head, not to beat them over the head for it, but to just let them know how serious it is. Yeah. And so it's really angry outbursts that bring most people into therapy. If you're kind of depressed and sucking your thumb, somebody's going to get upset, but not as quickly as they will at the angry outburst. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, did anybody do anything for your stepfather when he would lie there? For how long? How long at a time would he? Oh, months at a time. Months and he would, he would be on medication, then he'd be doing great. He'd be doing great at work. Um, he yeah. was great at sales. Right. When oh, he, I'm sure the best salesman on earth, the manic. <laughs> when he was on the medication, but then he would quit jobs where he was making amazing money wow. just because one the boss would say one little thing to him he'd get all offended he, next thing you know he's laying on the floor for three months when he was in an irritable state if the boss said the wrong thing mm -hmm. right. very sensitive what often happens is that we don't know the course of bipolar disorder it's you can track it if you have it for a long time and you can see probably some pattern of ups and downs, but we really don't know the course of it. If you have bipolar and you stay on your medication, you can lead a perfectly normal life. Yeah. But what seems to happen is that if you've been in the middle, and of course that's where you want to be, you don't want to be too depressed and you don't want to be too high. If you're in the middle somewhere, you're good. But if mania comes by and says, here, I'm here again, and I know you enjoyed me last time <laughs> I came, um, maybe you want to stop taking that medication. Mm -hmm. So what happens is when the pole starts to go upward toward the manic, many people say, and you can understand if you know about mania, I'm wonderful. I don't need those pills anymore. I'm great. I'm going to stop taking them. And then we're in trouble. Yeah. So one of the things I have always tried to teach people that I work with is that the secret to living with this is knowing when you're starting to become manic. If you know, you can call your doctor, get an increase of medication, talk more often with your therapist, talk more often with anybody in your life who will listen to you. Um, just talk. Um, and that will help. But it's going into the manic stage saying, I don't need those pills anymore that get you in trouble. Now, I had an interesting question recently where somebody even asked me, well, can you kind of have bipolar disorder? No, there's nothing subtle about <laughs> bipolar. There's nothing kinda. These are the most dramatic people in the world who can be the most dramatically depressed or the most dramatically manic, okay? So there's usually nothing subtle. Now, you can have a mild episode, mm -hmm. okay, where you're either depressed or manic for a brief period of time and you come out of it fairly quickly and then you've been very lucky. Mm. But you can, you'd always be at risk of a more severe episode um, at some point in the future. Mm -hmm. And then people will say, well, why do I need the medication? I'm not, ha I'm not having those symptoms. 
You're not having the symptoms because the medication is working. You don't want those symptoms. No. Okay? You don't want them. They get you in trouble, even though the mania feels so good. So you can understand why people get as confused as they do. Yes. Um, and people were surprised when I would ask them what it was like, but very eager to talk about it. It's the most wonderful thing you can imagine. Now, the other thing to think about is if you're in a relationship with somebody who is bipolar. It's not easy. Well, if it's not easy, no. What I'm thinking is, okay, they could all of a sudden be in the manic state, they could cheat on you, they could suddenly find the person of their dreams, right. and then all of a sudden end your relationship right. in the manic state. I, you know, I do think that a lot of bipolar people will act out oh, sexually. sexually. That's one of the other problems with the manic state, is that people do things they would never do in a normal state. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so if you have a partner that's doing this, they might break up with you. Right. And then all of a sudden they go through this uh, manic stage and then they could crash. Right. Right? And they'll call you depressed from the hospital. Yep. Or they, you'll, you'll see them as, um, they'll know what's going on in your life and they're all depressed and you're like, what do I do? How do I help them? Um, they, they don't want me back right now because it, now when they're in that depressed state, they're like, they're not interested in being in a relationship. No. No. Um, and there really isn't anything you can do because if you think you can reason with a manic person, you're very wrong. <laughs> they can look like they listen to you and they hear you. And I've had people tell me stories that sounded perfectly reasonable while we had the conversation in the office. And ten minutes later I'm saying, wait a minute, this is what they really said. Um, and it's quite dramatic. <laughs> but, you know, I've been hoodwinked several times. Um, adolescents are very good at that. And there's nothing wilder than a already wild adolescent who's manic. Um, the bottom line is the medication. If you're, if you're serious and you're manic, you cannot stop the medication. Yeah. And, but what you can tell is when you're tempted to. And I've worked with a client for many years who was redeemed only by her good sense in not stay, stopping her medication. Mm -hmm. um, that worked for her. But it isn't easy and apparently, um, you know, the, the manic state is like a golden vision out there. So again, explanations are not excuses, but again, it's on the manic person to stay with the treatment, and you really have to. Yes. The other thing that happens if people are prescribed medication is there's no one medication for bipolar disorder. Um, and remember, they're called mood stabilizers, so they tend to bring you down from the mania or up from the depression. Um, and if the first round does different combinations of medications work for different people. And if the first combination doesn't work, you need to stay with your doctor because it can take two or three trials to get the mix that works for you. Uh, and people get very frustrated yes. when they go one time and, it and, does, yeah, the, the and the medication it doesn't, doesn't help. Right. But it does take a few times and I can it tell does. you, in my experience over the years, clients would always complain the first few times, I don't like it, it makes me feel like this, it makes me feel like that. Okay, but let's get you on something that you do like, and it's going to take you, you know, about a month before you know how helpful it's going to be. 
If you've got somebody in the manic state and they get on the right medication, you do know fairly soon. It takes longer with the depression. The other thing is there are new medications um, being discovered every year. And this is a big problem worldwide. And I remember at one time it was the leading cause of disability in the world. Now it's the third leading cause of disability in the world. Mm -hmm. um, but there are new things coming out um, all the time. And there was one that came out a couple of years ago called Latuda that changed many people's lives. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so there's constantly uh, new medications being introduced and researched right. to be helpful. And so we're living in a much more... Uh, readily available oh, time. Oh, yes, yes. Don't suffer if you don't have to. Yeah. There's no, there are no prizes for that. And uh, so, you know, if you're dating somebody in a relationship with somebody that is bipolar, it's so helpful to talk about it. Yeah. And, you, you know... You have to talk about it because it would be unfair to get into a serious relationship with someone who didn't know. And you're going to talk, feel so much better if you do a Skype with me or with Margaret yes. and we're able to talk to you about it. I mean, she's got tremendous amounts of experience. I've lived it. Yes, so, you've lived and it. I've had plenty of clients right. over the years that, uh, right. so I know how difficult it can be yeah. to be in that situation. And of course, it's very hard um, to be dependent on anything, including pills. And adolescents whose developmental task is not to be dependent on you or anybody else, of course, don't want to be dependent on the pills either. And the thing is, there is no other treatment for it. It so messes up our chemical system that you could do the most brilliant psychotherapy on earth and it wouldn't help. But the combination of the medication and psychotherapy will absolutely help. And a lot of people are going to be sitting there saying, I don't want medication. Stop pushing pills on me. It's going to make me put on weight, and then I won't know what's going on around me. I'm going to get addicted. Right. Um, so you, you really have a lot to claw your way through when you're trying to tell somebody about medication. But people tend to think of the old schizophrenic medications like Thorazine and Stelazine. And now we have new ones that don't have anywhere near the side effects. And you'd be amazed if you knew the number of healthy people, seemingly healthy people, who walk around taking the medication and looking normal because they are normal on the medication. <laughs> I've had people come to me and say, I want to be treated for bipolar, but I don't want to take the medication. I honestly can't help you, is my answer. Yeah. yeah. And I know for you to say that to somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sympathetic, but <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't put us in a position where you think I'm going to help you, and I really can't. It wouldn't be ethical of me. Right. Yeah. Get on the meds, come back and see me. So, a lot to think about, but if you're in a situation where your partner is bipolar, or you are bipolar, I, I would get evaluated by a psychiatrist or have them get evaluated by a psychiatrist. And the other thing for the poor bipolar person who probably doesn't understand this, they feel bad all the time and they feel like they're in trouble all the time and they didn't even do anything that bad because the angry outbursts never seem as bad to them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, please, that, I yeah. thought that I think that's a really important point yeah. that you wanted to make. Yeah, they're not they're not doing it on purpose to make your life miserable. Um, 
and they honestly don't quite understand what they did. And unfortunately, we have the task of telling them, and they do have to know because they have to learn to manage this. Sure. It's one of those deals like diabetes, you know, you don't cure it, but you can certainly live, manage to manage it. Okay, so a lot, there is a lot to that one, but okay. hopefully that will help you guys understand. And we'll go back to it as many times as is helpful. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you want to get my help personally, just go to the website, askcraig.net, sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do offer email coaching, Skype coaching, and if you want to get with me right away, emergency Skype coaching. You can also get Skype coaching with Margaret in very limited availability. So... It's probably going to be a waiting list, but... I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.